everyone, and welcome to the All Sort of Colitis and My J Pouch Journey podcast, where we talk about everything related to intestines and poo. I'm your host, Suzanne LaFleur, and my goal is to bring forth awareness about gastrointestinal diseases like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, and bowel cancer, as well as living with an ileostomy or a J-pouch. I am so looking forward to our journey through 2023, where I will be featuring real people who have been through their own journeys with these debilitating and life-altering diseases. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for tuning into my podcast. With me in our virtual studio today is Jennifer from Ohio and Steph with baby Henry from Australia. Welcome. Uh, thank you. For, hi. Thank you for being my very first podcast guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring forth awareness regarding J Pouch life and what our journeys have been like. I appreciate you both for coming and taking the time to share a bit about yourselves and your journeys and your lives today. Our main focus is what it's like having babies before, during, and after your J-pouch surgeries or, or ileostomies for that matter. As you can imagine, there's many young women out there who are faced with the decision to have the J-pouch surgeries. And one of their main concerns is what about children? So just to give you a little bit about my background, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis shortly after giving birth to my second child. And then I had two boys after that, but I wasn't really struggling too badly with my colitis at the time. So all I really remember about having babies while I was unwell is that I felt really great when I was pregnant. (laughs) My colitis went into remission which is probably why I ended up having four children, but I felt great. So what I'd like you ladies to share is whatever you're comfortable with about your journeys, maybe a little bit about your diagnosis and a bit about your surgical journey, but mostly we'd like to focus on your babies and what that journey through pregnancy was like and a little bit about what your life looks like with children in your life. So... Steph, you've got Henry with you. Did you want to go first just in case he he doesn't last too long? Yeah, sure. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, You're creating an amazing resource, which I think will be appreciated by so many people. And this delightful little sound you can hear is Henry. Say hello, Henry. Hi. Um, He is seven months old. (laughs) Um, and yeah, it's been uh, 10 years since I had my J-patch surgery and I actually, well, really, I, I had J-patch surgery um, due to a polyposis syndrome and early stage colorectal cancer or bowel cancer um, as we refer to it um, primarily in Australia. So like you, my J-patch was amazing during pregnancy. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to pause for one second. I'm just going to okay. grab something quiet to keep him entertained. I'll be back in a sec. Okay. Sorry, Jen. I don't know if you want to, if you want to introduce yourself. And, okay. And, yeah. I'll be back. I've got an idea. Absolutely. So I, my name is Jennifer and I have four children. I was first diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was about 19 years old and had 
the typical symptoms. My brother also had Crohn's, so we kind of knew that that's what it was. I got married when I was 23. And then when I was 20, and actually I had stopped working because of the Crohn's disease for a bit. And then I hit a remission. And when I hit the remission and felt good, we decided we would try to have a baby and I got pregnant right away. So um, there was no struggle with that. And like you, I felt well while I was pregnant. However, I did hit near the end of my pregnancy. I started having some issues and was hospitalized maybe for a couple of days. And they put me on prednisone, which is that like wonder drug that you love, hate it, but it, it did the trick and I started gaining weight again. But when I was getting right to the end, um, I wasn't gaining weight and the baby wasn't gaining much weight. And so they took the baby three weeks early and, and she was a healthy baby and she was only five pounds, 12 ounces, but she's only four foot 11 full grown now. So she was tiny anyways. So uh, let's see. So I had her with no complications, nothing. And then, which something that happens to women often after they give birth is their disease comes back with a vengeance and it did. And so I had to stop breastfeeding at four months old because when she was four months, because I had to get back on some pretty strong medication. Um, I don't know, back then it was like six MP or methotrexate or something like that. They were coming out with Remicade at the time that I was put in hospital, but, um, they didn't know a lot about it. And I didn't want to take the chance that it would make me not be able to have any more children. So that's right. Basically after a few weeks in hospital, I decided take it out. And I just, my goal was to get back home to my baby who was only nine months old at the time. So, um, I had the first surgery and they removed my colon and left the rectum intact. But I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but they gave me a mucus fistula, which is, so I I essentially woke up with two bags from surgery, one on each side. And the mucus fistula is the end of the rectum that's no longer attached, if that makes sense. So one end is that end that's brought up to the surface like a stoma. And the other end is your bum. So all that comes out of that is mucus on both sides. So I had to wear a bag on it for the first while until it healed a bit. And then I just wore a bandage on that, that mucus fistula for the remainder of the time that I had my J pouch or uh, sorry, my ileostomy. That was just Um, to allow the mucus to escape your body essentially. Yeah. So a lot of people just have it clamped off and it's just like free floating. So I was a little annoyed that the doctor had done this because nobody knew if I could have another baby with that because when it was a very short piece. So once my stomach would start to get big with the next pregnancy, what was going to happen? Nobody knew. So I actually reached out to Dr. Cohen, who I think was the first doctor in Canada to do a J pouch. So he knew a lot about that kind of thing. And he knew about ileostomies and pregnancies. And he assured me that I could have another baby with it. 
So I waited until I guess about a year feeling good with my ileostomy and then got pregnant again. And the pregnancy was fantastic. I gained weight. I'm, I'm not a huge person and I didn't gain a lot of weight. So I think that's what kind of saved me with that stretching of that mucus fistula. But it, thank God it, it stayed fine. And um, I delivered another baby there. You, you had mentioned about concerns about um, anything that they did or prepared for giving birth with the ileostomy. And they, their main concern was they didn't want me um, pushing an awful lot and like prolapsing anything. So again, they took that baby three weeks early so that I wasn't okay. huge and they wanted to control the uh, delivery. So I had an epidural, which failed. And I ended up with a migraine because they went too far into the spinal fluid. But I was frozen enough that they were able to control my pushing and had that baby fine. So waited until she was a year old. And that's when I went in for my J pouch surgery, and was also assured that I could have children after the J pouch. But like you said, I felt the best when pregnant. Yes. So I kept having babies. (laughs) I just kept having more. So I had that baby um, with the J pouch. And that was very typical no problem pregnancy. And I gained a lot of weight with that one because I think I was my healthiest. And um, the same, they wanted to control the the pushing because I guess you can you can tear from, you know, from vagina to rectum. And that would be yeah. bad for someone with a J pouch because having control is, you know, our best friend. So he that baby was eight pounds seven ounces and he was 10 days late. Um, wow. that time they didn't, they didn't take me and they weren't concerned about that. No problem. I didn't tear. I didn't have stitches, nothing. It was. Oh, so you delivered naturally. Oh yeah. For all of them. Oh, for all of yeah, them. For okay. all of them. Okay. Yeah. No C-sections, which I, I know why you're asking because a lot of people did say you're going to have to have a C-section, but these other doctors said, you know, it was better to do this and not keep cutting you open. Um, So I did it and, and that was fine. And then uh, four years later, I had another baby with the J pouch, same thing, big baby gained a lot of weight and no problem with the delivery. So you Um, had a baby before with an ileostomy and two with a J pouch. Exactly. Oh, wow. Exactly. You've lived it all. So I've, I've done it all. And I was very determined. And, and so I would never say to any woman that has to have that surgery that they can't, because I think given the right doctors and the right research and the right circumstances, I think that they can. Um, so ever, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been healthy since I haven't, I'm 48 now and I had my last baby when I was 33. And, uh, the only thing that I've had to deal with since is, uh, pouchitis, the odd time, the odd obstruction, um, bowel obstruction. And, um, but I'm learning to control that without having to go to the ER anymore. And yeah, that's, that's my story. 
Um, there's a lot of other things that went on, but we'd be here all night. So I'd rather just, you know, if you have questions and I can answer them, then I will. Thank you so much for sharing. That's really informative. I, I honestly, I was one of those people that thought that if I didn't have my children before I ended up becoming more unwell, it would end up with me with two children if I didn't have them a little quicker before the surgeries had to happen. So I appreciate you sharing that and your, your positivity. And would you like to pop on Steph? Hello. Thanks for your patience. Um, Yes. So uh, I was, I was uh, 21 when I was uh, diagnosed with bowel cancer and uh, JP, Pouch was sort of a last minute option for me to begin with. I was told I would need, I'll very likely need a permanent ileostomy just because of the extent of my polyposis syndrome and uh, where the cancer was. Um, in the end, I was actually really lucky to be able to have a J pouch. Um, there was sort of just enough um, bowel left uh, to be able to form a pouch. And uh, yeah, so I'm 10 years in with my J pouch um, when I decided that it was time to have a baby. So being 21, when I was diagnosed, I did look into um, fertility options, but also it wasn't at the you know front of my mind at that time. I was in my last semester of university and I was thinking about everything else in the world apart from my health. And um, obviously when you have a huge health event in your life, that changes everything really quickly. Your priorities shift and all those kind of things. But Babies and kids definitely weren't on my mind at all at that time. Um, And then I met my partner, who I have now been with for, uh, yeah, nearly 10 years. And I think that it really, as soon as I met him, I knew that I would one day like to have children with him. But also, I guess my health really put me off having children at a younger age. I wanted to wait until I felt what was to me healthy enough to go through with the pregnancy and also obviously to be able to care for a child and raise a child. So I actually chose to delay having a baby, even though I'd found someone who I knew would be an amazing dad until I felt like I was really healthy. And that took a really long time for me. Um, Although I didn't have an inflammatory bowel disease, I did have a lot of trouble with inflammation in my pouch. Um, I had recurrent pouchitis. I also had, I've got a hernia. I had some bowel obstructions, all of those things. And they really put me off wanting to have a baby, to be honest, because I just thought, oh my goodness, how can people, you know, manage their health and work and life and all these other commitments, plus have a baby. And I just Yeah, I felt really overwhelmed by the idea of it. So, um, yeah, when I did decide last year that I would have a crack at getting pregnant, I was really lucky to fall pregnant pretty much straight away. And um, I had a totally complication-free pregnancy. I felt amazing during my pregnancy, like you both have said. Just everything was great. I could eat anything I wanted. And I just, I was the classic, like, glowing, healthy, happy, pregnant woman, which I just felt so lucky for. But anyway, once my little boy was born, um, uh, he's seven months now, so it was only seven months ago, I, yeah, I decided to have a cesarean with him. That's the other thing I thought that I would mention. I, uh, so in Australia, our healthcare system is a little bit different and we have either our public system, which is amazing, and also private healthcare, which is the uh, direction that I went with my pregnancy. I can hear him talking in the background. That's Hello, okay. Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me um, happy. And, yeah. 
<laughs> he's just started saying mum, 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 which I love. So <laughs> anyway, I decided to go with a private obstetrician and I spoke at length to him about uh, like different models of delivery and what I wanted my birth to look like. And in the end, because of my hernia and some other complications that I had due to scar tissue, I felt that a cesarean was the best option for me, um, particularly because I was in a position where the preservation of my pouch and my pelvic health also was, is it, and it is a big priority to me. So I was lucky. I don't know if this is an option um, in Canada and in the States, but I was able to have uh, like a curtain down cesarean where they do immediate skin on skin, delayed cord clamping. And it's a very like, as far as the cesarean is, I guess it's a very um, relaxing, beautiful experience. They play music. They like it, it was a it, yeah, it was just one of the best moments of my whole life. So um, I had a great a great delivery. I was up walking. I think like five or six hours afterwards. Cesarean pain for me was like nothing after having j-patch surgery and everything else I had a really quick and easy recovery so um, if that is how anyone chooses to birth I think women in general but women with health conditions of all types should be supported to birth however they like and in whatever way they feel is best for their body um, and for the health of their child and sorry what did you call that type of cesarean the c-section yeah so I had a curtain down cesarean. So that's where you get to watch your baby come out and then they do uh, immediate skin on skin, delayed cord clamping. And it's so your baby can get a lot of the benefits that they would still receive from a vaginal delivery. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not sure sure where else that is done. No. So Australia also has assisted cesareans, which um, wasn't for me, but it's where... And again, it's only offered by certain doctors. Um, you can choose to scrub into your own cesarean and you literally assist with taking the baby out. It's not for everyone, but that's also an option here and it's done very safely. So yeah, we do have, I guess, a fairly yeah, robust healthcare system with quite a few options. And also I should mention that I was lucky enough to have private health, which is a position of privilege here yeah. um, and being able to have a nutrition who you know, was extremely supportive and I had very, very regular contact with him. He also used to be an emergency nurse, so excellent at helping me to, I think, with different things I was anxious about with my pregnancy and my J-pouch. It sounds like a very patient-centered care system in Australia. That's very nice to hear. Mm -hmm. And you're from the United States, Jen, so... I'm actually from from Canada. I'm from Ottawa. I've only been in the U.S. for um, eight years. So I had all my children in Canada. Oh, you did. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I've experienced both health health care systems, but never had a baby in the in the U.S. I just know it's very expensive (laughs) (laughs) to have one in the U.S. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, if if we're comparing i'm i'm curious if australia if their their public and their private healthcare is comparable to canada and the us in the same ways that you know ours are different is it when you say public you mean like like the canada system 
I, I'm not sure. So I have been to both Canada and the United States, but um, have luckily managed to stay out of hospital in both countries. So I am assuming Canada's public health care system is probably quite similar to Australia, which is that every um, you know citizen is entitled to use it. Every single type of health care service is offered publicly to everyone. Okay, so that's the same. And then in the US, we pay for it. We, we pay for it here. So uh, my, my thoughts are that it's better <laughs> in the United States, even though we pay for it, we pay less taxes. So I think it all kind of works out. But the I feel like the system in the United States is better and more patient. They're, they're more for the patient. Yes, there's there's many things in Canada that are starting to become available. I'm prone to anemia. So I pay for all my iron infusions because I'm not patient enough. And I I feel like my health is more important than waiting four months to be able to get my iron infusion. So that and MRI, CT scan, when I had a fistula in 2014, they told me it would take me six months to get an MRI for a fistula. So I just paid the $1,200 and I was in surgery a couple of months Mm -hmm. later and it was taken care of rather than prolonging that healing. So the healthcare systems definitely make a difference. So would, would you say that your physicians considered your pregnancies high risk because of your, where you were in the stage of your surgery or illness? I I was high risk for all four of them. So I was followed, you know, very closely for all of them. And that's one of the reasons why they took the first two, three weeks early. And then, but I was still considered high risk for the, the last two as well. And, okay. you know, um, I could have had a cesarean. I could have just said, do a cesarean. But the the reason why I didn't was only because the first one, worked out for me. And so, you know, I'm not, uh, I would do whatever I had to do for the health of the baby, just like, just like you, like, uh, you know, if I had to do a cesarean, I do a cesarean. If I had to do vaginal, then I would, it was, you know, I, I had to have the epidural, whereas, you know, sometimes some women look down on you for having the, uh, an epidural, but I had to, and I was glad to take it because I, I couldn't be out of control. That right. I had to be a very controlled delivery. So, you know, that I'm just of the, of the opinion that whatever works, works. And just so long as the baby is healthy. It's very, it's very personal, a, a personal choice. And Steph, was, mm-hmm. was your pregnancy considered high risk then in Australia because of a J pouch? No, no, mm-hmm. not at all. So our my obstetrician, um, and again, just to um, further explain the Australian healthcare system. So yeah, we have a public healthcare system, probably much like like Canada's, but at the same time, we also have a private healthcare system, which I'm assuming perhaps Canada does as well, where you pay for separate private health insurance. So we also have different, you know, hospitals for private patients, different models of care for private patients. Uh, so, and that was the model of care that I chose to have my baby through. And no, I wasn't considered high risk because we, I guess, stayed in constant communication myself and my healthcare team, which I should mention also includes my gastroenterologist who I've had for about 10 years. And um, because I had no complications and no issues, 
I, yeah, it wasn't considered high risk at all. Um, both doctors were really happy with how my pregnancy progressed. I was really happy with everything. Uh, I guess the only thing that they did, uh, my gastroenterologist in particular mentioned to me were different things to keep in mind in terms of um, reducing my risk of a bowel obstruction while I was pregnant. I work in a job where I don't really do anything that puts me at extra risk of a bowel obstruction in terms of any, you know, heavy lifting and things like that. So I was really lucky on that front as well. But uh, yeah, I was I was well supported throughout my pregnancy and yeah, no, not considered high risk. Thank you. So I think you guys have talked about your hurdles and your complications, and it doesn't sound like you really had much for pregnancy complications at all. Neither of you. No, no. Um, I have heard of women that had to, that had um, bowel obstructions while pregnant and had to have surgery, but with, you know, it, everything turned out for them, but I didn't have any bowel obstructions or anything like that. I did only have to take medication with my first pregnancy, but that was before any of my surgeries. I was on prednisone during the first pregnancy. I wondered if they would take you off of prednisone when you're pregnant, but they left you on it the entire time. Um, no, just the end. I had to go on it because oh, yeah, I was on it getting, yeah, I had to go on it until the end, okay. but then the other three pregnancies, I was on no medication at all. Wow. That's amazing. So what about your postnatal experience? How, how was your health after having your children and dealing with being a new mom and dealing with her, with you, Jen, having other little ones running around and trying to cope postnatally. That was exhausting. <laughs> that was exhausting. But I, at the same time, I think that's what kept me going. You, you probably also have um, fatigue with the disease. Very, very much. Um, so. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I don't think I, it's ever going to go away. I think I'll always be fatigued. And then it was, that was just exasperated by having babies getting up in the middle of the night and whatnot. But um, I didn't work my whole, the whole time I was a stay at home mom. I, I just started working again the last few years. So I think that was, you know, a, a godsend because I don't think I could have done both. But, you know, the, the little kids running around is what keeps you going and you have to live for them. And so you keep going and you, you do what you have to do. And if I think that if I didn't have them, I probably would have sat there and, you know, wallowed in my own depression, <laughs> you know. And actually, that, that's another thing. I have been on depression medication probably since my first surgery um, on and off over the mm -hmm. years, but not while I was pregnant. It, I, I always came off of it before I was, but I think that's just part and parcel of, of um, having an illness and having to deal with that. Um, but for sure, I think that having the children is what has kept me going. I, yeah, I can speak to that as well. I often tell my children that they saved me because if I would have, if I wouldn't have had them, I remember being so exhausted and my boys were two and four and I handed them a box of Crayola markers and I pulled my pant legs up. I just needed to close my eyes for two minutes, but they were two and four and they were little boys. So I pulled yeah. my pant legs up and I said, color mommy, some beautiful socks. And as long as I knew they were, I could feel that marker on my legs, I could rest. And 
I went to the park next day with my beautiful socks and you just, <laughs> you just do what you got to do, right? It is difficult raising, yeah. raising four and my ex-husband wasn't home very much. His job took him away from home a lot. So I did a lot of the child raising on my own. And my kids often talk about how they would be sitting on the bathroom floor in the morning, each with their bowl of cereal and whatever paperwork needed to be signed and last minute homework because I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave the bathroom. And there they were eating their cereal, all four of them in a row, getting ready for school. So you do what you got to do. And they definitely, they definitely are the reason I pulled through as well as I did. It, it definitely helped. What about you, Steph? Do you feel like he's added a little bit of, a little bit of a light to your life? Yeah, absolutely. And also it's really lovely to hear both of you, um, I guess on, you're much further down the parenting track than I am. I'm still very much in new mum territory and figuring everything out every single day and it's uh it is comforting to know um you know that there's lots of other mums with j pouches and bowel diseases and different conditions who've all been through this and have all managed to raise by the sounds of it amazing happy uh healthy kids despite that postpartum for me um, with my j pouch was horrendous it was probably the worst my j pouch has been in a really long time the hormones I would say we're a big a contributor to that. So I, yeah, I had a really hard time, like my worst time, I think, with my pouch in years um, after Henry was born. We're at seven months breastfeeding now. And I will also say that was really, really, really hard with the J pouch. I'm, I know it's hard for lots of people for many different reasons without a J pouch as well. But for me, because I had what was essentially a huge flare up right after he was born, staying hydrated, eating enough food, um, having all of those sort of support systems in place, I could stay healthy enough to keep feeding him. It was intense. And it's probably one of the hardest things I think I've ever done incredibly rewarding but I did later get diagnosed with postnatal depletion so all of my um, vitamins my my whole health went you know really really downhill after having him but I think for me I was lucky enough that my husband was able to take a lot of time off work and I had some other extended family members and friends who came and really helped um, and I think without that support yeah it would have been even harder but you're right too in, you know, sometimes you just look at their faces and it's it's worth it. Even on even on your hardest days, you just have this beautiful little human who adores you. And I yeah, I just I love him so much. It's, you know, it makes it all all worth it. I think you will have a a very compassionate little boy there too, because he will know what his mom goes through. I I do remember that when my girls were little. And I would take them in, well, I probably took my boys in too, to the, to the public restrooms. And as you know, it's loud when you have a J pouch and I would have them in the stall with me. And I'd say, okay, when, when I say, when I give you the signal, I want you to laugh or make, you know, <laughs> or, or cough or something. <laughs> and this is what my children grew up with. It yes. is is this and they just knew that that was part of me and that's what I did and some you know now they understand it obviously more but you you end up with very compassionate and understanding human beings yeah, yeah keeping a baby entertained in the bathroom has been my I feel like it's my um oh 
I, I better go and have a little chat to him. But I think it's been my biggest parenting like hack that I now can keep him very, very entertained while I go to the toilet. Yeah, For sure. I thought she was leaving, leaving, but she's she's coming back. I'm not sure how it is with you ladies, but after I had my J poach, I wasn't able to pass gas. I could not pass gas naturally. I had to be in the bathroom. Not, not unless I have to be in the bathroom or um, laying down on my side, on my right side. <laughs> it's the only way. Yes, and and um, my and I, I was fine. You're fine. Okay, because I've had mine 17 years and it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I learned how to fart with confidence. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> my, kids, my kids cheer me on now if I do it in front of them just by chance. They're like, way to go, mom. <laughs> like, it's just this big, you know, yeah. this big harass. Yeah, it's funny how, For you know. Sure, it's a milestone. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yes, and I agree with you, Jen, about how... Steph, you're going to find that you you raise a very compassionate young man because he will see what you've been through, what you go through. And and it just it I think it changes your children when they see a parent that struggles with their health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much, ladies, for you're being, welcome. for putting it out there and sharing your experiences. I think it'll help a lot of people who have those questions and are faced with a potential surgery. I appreciate it. And if there's anything else you'd like to add? No, not that I can think of. I'm I'm happy to answer any other questions. I've I've got lots of um information in the vault here. So <laughs> just can't think of it all right now. But um if you have any other questions down the line, I'm happy to answer those. Wonder. Yeah, thank you for putting the podcast together as well because this is a huge topic and I know um, I have a, have a Facebook group called J Pouch Australia which is just Australians with J Pouches and I did big post on there after I had Henry just explaining what my experience was like because when I was trying to find out information about what it was like to have a baby with a J Pouch I struggled to find anything there's not a great deal of knowledge in the healthcare community about J Pouches in general but particularly about women's health and um, you know, having having children and um, the more we can do to support other people with J pouches um, when they're looking at their fertility, having children and supporting care after they actually have their babies. Yeah, the more we can do, the better. So yeah, thank you for creating this podcast and this opportunity to talk about it. Thank you very much for that, Steph. I truly appreciate it. Thank you to both of you for being so candid and so open about your experiences and your journeys today. I feel the information you have shared will help to ease a lot of young women's anxieties. And the positivity that both of you exude is, is truly remarkable. Mm -hmm.